Hello listeners, my name is David Monty, and this podcast is going to walk you through my physical, mental, and emotional experience throughout the coronavirus pandemic. March 11th, 2020 was the day that Bowdoin decided all in-person instruction would be cancelled for the remainder of the semester, and that classes would resume online. I had very mixed emotions after hearing this news. The first thing that came to mind was that I would be done with 6am speed training forever. I also realized that the school would likely adopt a pass-fail grading system and that my rocky start to the semester would not affect my GPA after all. I would be home and have lots of time to spend with family. I would also get to see my girlfriend a lot more since she lived close to home but went to a different college. I considered negatives that came with this situation as well. I would miss out on valuable in-person learning, labs especially, and I would also be leaving my friends for the rest of the spring. We would also be missing out on the few weeks of nice weather that Maine has to offer in the annual Ivy's weekend. I was naive in my thinking, though, and had not realized all of the implications that this global pandemic would bring. At first, being home was wonderful. The virus was relatively tame in the United States, and no real changes had been made to everyday life. It was also our spring break, so it was a time that I had planned to be away from school anyways. I got to spend time with my girlfriend, friends from back home, and my family before classes started back up. I had lost almost 10 pounds in the short two-week period after leaving campus and reverting back to home cooking. I had secured a paid research position at Hartford Hospital for the summer and felt physically and mentally rested after being away from the stresses of Bowdoin for two weeks. My one sense of worry was that my friends were studying abroad in Europe at the time and were unsure of how or when they would be able to come home. However, it wasn't long before one worry turned into many. The first week of online class was tough to maneuver. Professors began changing assignments, learning platforms, and workload. Most of my professors were very accommodating given the new situation, but some insisted on assigning even more work than normal. One professor had initially assigned us to watch pre-recorded lectures before our class meeting and then also expected us to attend live class for discussion of the lectures. This resulted in twice the normal commitment to just this one class, and the professor also did not lighten up on the problem sets and exams for this class. It also didn't help that the lab instructor for this class also demanded a large amount of work from us. This one class proved to be more work for the remainder of the semester than my other three classes combined. As classes picked up at the end of March, the rest of the world started shutting down. Luckily, my friends made it back to the States before the virus got out of control. Travel restrictions were put in place, and people started taking their own precautions when going out in public. Some people wore masks and gloves to the grocery store, but no real regulations had been put in place yet. I had also been assigned to take my grandma's blood pressure in her assisted living home for a two-week stretch at the beginning of April. The first few days, I had been allowed entry with no masks or gloves, so long as my temperature was normal. As the days progressed, I was then forced to wash my hands upon entry of the building, wear gloves and a mask, and answer questions about where I had been and who I had been exposed to. Shortly after, the state of Connecticut instituted rules to isolate citizens. New York had spiked significantly in their number of cases and deaths, and Connecticut followed shortly after. Only essential workers were allowed to go into work. All restaurants would do only takeout or delivery. Large gatherings were prohibited and anyone exposed to the virus was expected to isolate themselves for at least 14 days. 
This is when I realized that the spring would be tougher than I originally thought. My dad and my girlfriend's mom are both healthcare workers at Hartford Hospital, so as the cases in Connecticut rose, so did our anxiety. We were also prohibited from seeing each other out of fear that we could spread the virus to the other's family. Both of our parents were exposed to the virus almost daily and were given limited resources to protect themselves. My dad is a rehab doctor, so his unit was not given priority for protective equipment due to the shortage. I also work as a part-time nurse's aide in the hospital, and back in March, the nurse manager called me to see what my availability to work would be while I was still in school. At this point in time, I started receiving calls to come into work. My floor was originally a bariatric and elective surgery floor, but with these types of surgeries being postponed, the floor was converted to a COVID-positive floor. I worried that if I was to go in, I could get the virus and bring it back to my family. Fortunately, I was only called twice and could not go in either time. Although, I worried that as the cases got worse, the calls would increase and I would eventually have to go into the hospital. So now, midway through April, I realized that I won't be seeing my girlfriend or anyone in person for a while and that my dad and myself could very likely get the coronavirus, which would probably result in my entire family, including my asthmatic mother, getting the virus. And to top it all off, my research internship had been canceled. Pretty shitty situation, right? I was stressed, frustrated, and pissed at the fact that kids were still out partying and hanging out with their friends, contributing to the problem while I was stuck inside all day long. Not to mention that my 21st birthday was coming up, and I would probably be spending it in the worst way possible, drinking with my mom. Don't get me wrong, I love my mom, but what college kid plans on drinking in their house with their mom on their 21st birthday? So now it's here, my birthday, April 16th. I figured I would probably have a few drinks with my mom and FaceTime my girlfriend while I played video games most of the day. But my mom had something else in mind. She somehow contacted all of my friends and organized a drive-by toast for my birthday. I sat outside while car after car passed by, all wishing me a happy birthday. It certainly wasn't what I had in mind for my celebration, but in that moment, I was so grateful for what my mom had done for me, and this was a turning point for my attitude during quarantine. I realized that maybe quarantine didn't have to be so miserable. I started to get creative with ways to have fun and keep myself entertained. FaceTiming my girlfriend became a daily ritual that I got to look forward to every day. I also had tons of workouts that my football coaches sent us to keep me active and in shape. I even made it a mini goal of mine to be able to dunk a basketball by the end of the summer. Being in quarantine also forced me to expand my cooking abilities. This hobby wasn't the best for my waistline, but everyone in my family seemed to enjoy it. The best part about quarantine was that I had lots of time, so I could make dishes that were a little more labor-intensive. Usually no one has time to make bacon, jalapeno, mac and cheese on a Tuesday afternoon, but things like that are entirely possible in quarantine. I started playing the piano and singing a lot more, and of course, I played a lot of video games. I think that the thing I look forward to most every week is Friday night. Me and some friends have agreed that every Friday night, we're going to get on a Zoom call, have a few drinks, and play Call of Duty all night long. I hadn't really played a Call of Duty game in a long time, but doing this every week has been very nostalgic and even therapeutic as it is reminiscent of middle school 
when times were so much simpler. There was nothing better than getting off the bus from school on Friday afternoon and playing Call of Duty with friends through all hours of the night while drinking Mountain Dew and eating pizza rolls. Eight years later, Mountain Dew has been substituted for Miller Lite, but all of the friendly competition, laughter, and even the pizza rolls remains the same. That first Friday night, I went to bed around 3 a.m., smiling ear to ear. While this may seem like a ridiculous thing to look forward to every week, having something fun planned in my weekly routine really helped my mental state. So now we're moving into the end of April, and things start to get crazy again. I hadn't seen my girlfriend in a month. Classes were picking up near finals, and to top it all off, my dad tested positive for COVID-19. I can't say that I was surprised by this news, as it almost seemed inevitable, but now we had to take even more precautions to make sure no one else in the family got infected. We are fortunate enough to have a finished basement with a full bathroom, refrigerator, and microwave that he could stay in for the time being. He's currently still down there, working from his computer, anxiously waiting to come up and be with the rest of our family. Every night we set up a FaceTime call with him so we can still eat dinner together. It isn't much, but he really enjoys getting to see us and hear our voices every night. My mom has had her fair share of struggle throughout this process as well. She's constantly scared to go to the grocery store out of fear that she will pick up the virus. She also just left her old job before the start of the pandemic and hasn't been able to start her new job yet. The beginning of May was especially tough. She was busy dealing with my grandmother, who's living in an assisted living home with residents and workers who have the coronavirus. We are also a foster family, which comes with its own set of challenges. Two years ago, we had taken in a boy in an emergency for a couple months until placement could be found for him. My mom thought we had found the perfect placement for this boy with a young couple close by who had been taking care of this boy for almost two full years and planned to adopt him. My mom was heartbroken when she got a call from DCF explaining that the young boy needed a new home. We currently have another foster child in our home, so taking this boy back would have been nearly impossible. This had been a rough week for my mom, to say the least, so I decided that with Mother's Day coming up, I would make it a Mother's Weekend instead. Friday night, I made us some mojitos, which is my mom's favorite drink. We sipped our minty beverages and watched a comedy movie together. Saturday, we went for a nice walk, and I began to prepare a Mother's Day brunch. I was excited to put my newly refined cooking skills to use, and had prepared a menu that I knew she would like. I planned to make homemade bagels, omelets, and crepes. I knew my mom would enjoy this meal, and boy was I right. As a 275-pound football player, I never imagined that my mom, who is half my size, could beat me in the thing I do best, eating. Not only did she eat a three-egg omelet, but she took the largest bagel from the batch and smeared it with bacon scallion cream cheese, which I had also prepared. She then followed that with not one, but two strawberry and Nutella-filled crepes, beating me by a whole crepe. With not one crumb left, she proceeded to lay on the couch in a food coma for an hour. I grinned ear to ear, knowing that I gave her a Mother's Day to remember. As I moved into finals week in mid-May, I was hopeful. My dad was feeling much better, my mom's stress was relatively reduced, and I really only had one final exam. The state would be opening up soon, and I would be able to see my girlfriend again. I had gone through a roller coaster of emotions in the past couple months, but in the process, I realized a lot. 
The things I learned may seem incredibly cliche, but I think they're important to note. So here it goes. Technology is something that we really take for granted. Cooking is hard work, but well worth it. Don't get too hung up on the bad things happening in your life. Instead, focus on the little things that make it enjoyable. Show your appreciation for those who care about you. Hug every hug like it's your last, because you never know when the next one will be. And tell the people you love that you love them every chance you get. The greatest resource we have in this pandemic is each other, so be thankful for the people in your life that make it special.